Welcome back and it's time for me to give Darren some feedback and thoughts around our previous discussion. So Darren, like to me when I'm listening to you, there's a lot going on in, in my mind as I'm sure there seems to be <laughs> going on in yours. But the first question I'm trying to understand, the question I asked you around what business you're in. Because if you're going to, you spoke about this growth, right? The, your, your question in the insert was what happens if you get a whole bunch of clients? What I'm hearing from, from the insert and from the questions is that part of your, your um, growth is, is capacitated from external service providers. And very little of your growth, because you've only got three of you permanent right now, is internal, is core. And what I'm trying to, the question that I'm trying to solve in my mind is, like, what problem, what's the problem? If, if, are we trying to solve the fact that you've got all these outsourced people that we have to just keep warm and up to speed, and that's where the growth happens? Or is it that the, the business has to grow at its core? And then I've got a slight contradiction because I've got a, a, a free spirit in front of me, and this requires structure, and you might argue that I'm a little old and fuddy-duddy in my thinking, but to me, if you're going to build this part, in other words, the, 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 let's call it the platform side, and not the delivery and not the actual execution side, then this is going to have to grow. And so my question is, if you get five new clients, which side has to grow more? Or is it both? My, my guess is it's more that side and there might be, you might hit some walls there. So, so that's sort of my, I just want to frame where, where, what my problem is. So to me, with, without having enough time, I would hazard a guess that it's probably around 35% on this side, which is the internal core, and 65% on that side. And part of that's linked in that I have to manage those, those service providers to some extent, which is a, a competency I need here. Not, I still need here. So, so the question that, that I need to understand is what is the anticipatory structure that I need in this side of the business? Like, what do we need here inside the business? Now, when you were talking about structure, you were talking about, you know, there's like the three of us and we each got a job. I said to you, who's doing sales and marketing? So, well, that's me. The first thing that you need to, to do is create an organizational functional structure, not an organogram, not who's there, but what are the functions required to scale? So I need a sales function, I need a marketing function. If that's what I was saying is true, then I need a function that manages the, the service providers. I need a finance function, I need a development function, and so on and so forth. And then you put, you know, your, your who, who's responsible, and you'll probably find that you're sitting in four of those functions and your partner sitting in three of those functions, uh, and maybe one of your staff members is in two of those functions. But the, <coughs> the reason you do that is because you're starting, you need your structure to, the form needs to, to represent the function that you're trying to approve. You have to create the business to be able to deliver what you want. So as an example, if I was wrong, and that all that outsourced team didn't require management, then you wouldn't need the function here, mm. right? So it, it, that would disappear. But my guess is, it, is it's there. The other question strategically is, do you need to bring that in inside 
the, the business? And that would be another question to ask, and that's a, a strategy, uh, strategy question, which is an important part of it. Then the, the process, a huge amount of process. So when I asked you the question around onboarding, who would you onboard and how would you do it? Uh, the, what, what I was hoping to see here was that we've got to add onboarding process, right? It's all documented. And I'll bring this individual in. First of all, I'd have a process to test that they're, they're competent. Then I'd have from an HR perspective, which by the way is another one of these functions here, from an HR perspective, I'd have employment contracts and everything ready here. And then I'd bring them into some training and onboarding. And then, you know, there would be some management and monitoring uh, afterwards. So th that whole structure, you cannot scale this business without that in place. And, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs in this phase neglect this. And so they grow and then they get, uh, and then there's chaos ensues and the whole thing collapses because they're putting out fires all the time. And so now it seems all okay. But if you, if you even three or five X the, the business, don't forget 10 X, at three or five X the business will start to create a chaotic environment. And now you're all focused there. Now you're not delivering, your margins deplete. You know, you can't go traveling around everywhere because there's so many issues. You're not having a good time and you follow what, what happens with 96% of businesses that scale. Um, yeah, so, so those, are the, those, those are the areas. So it's anticipatory structure, what, what I need to build for the future, the processing um, that, that you need. But most important is to ask the strategic question right now is what is, what is it there and there or I'm bringing it in. It's a strategy question that needs to come up front. Once you've got that right, okay, then it's about building that in an incremental way. And as an entrepreneur, uh, I've been in situations where you can 5x your business in, in one deal. I would, I would advise you not to do that mm. right now because you, it's all exciting. You'll pop the champagne. Um, it'll be all exciting, but only, only temporarily. The business will collapse in on itself. So, so in a quick, quick, Repeat, make the decision about what this thing looks like first, and then the, the org structure inside, or the functional structure mm. inside. I hope that's given you some, something so to think about, um, and uh, I look forward to seeing your, your growth. Thank you. Well, based on this interview, I'll share some pointers with you a bit later in the show, but now it's time to catch up with Namfla Saba about the world of ESG. For those of you who've been watching, you'll know that ESG stands for Environment, Social and Governance. ESG is here to stay, so it'll be in your best interest to stay up to date. In studio with us today, we have Nampla Saba. She is MD of Integrated Thinking, a company that uh, specializes in ESG. What is ESG, you might ask? Well, if you're asking, it means you haven't been watching our previous shows. So Maybe you, this is your first time watching, and ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. Uh, last week, we actually asked Dumpler to give us an example. I want to continue with the, the practical uh, examples. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about like, how this is practically going to affect how we operate. So, for example, would a a company that is using solar power be have a higher ESG score than one that was using uh, electricity from mm. ESCOM. Yeah, 
Uh, thanks, Alon. So, yes, it definitely would. Um, um, in the sense that what's important is the carbon footprint, right? And making sure that you're using an energy source that has got the lowest form of carbon footprint. And so if you're using electricity, for example, electricity that is generated or energy that is generated through gas or fossil fuel or coal, um, for example, those seem to have the highest level of um, gas emissions and, and greenhouse emissions. And solar, wind and nuclear are said to have lower forms of carbon, of, of, of a carbon footprint. Um, and so so whether an organization decides to use um, solar or whether they decide to use electricity is all also dependent on the needs of the business. So if, let's say, for example, you are an organization that uses solar, you also need to make sure that um, when there is no sun, right, that we have seen in the last uh, couple of months in South Africa where we actually had no sun for three straight weeks, you're going to be in a bit of a pickle as an organization in terms of your energy requirements. And so you need to potentially start looking in terms of um, a hybrid model between the two and then also start looking into how can you decrease um, your energy use and making sure that your appliances within the organization um, have got um, energy are energy efficient and in that way you start decreasing your carbon footprint and therefore start getting yourself into a space where you've got uh, a better ESG um, index and scorecard. So very quickly we've got we've got literally no time left. Would oh, that right. include um, things like, for example, borehole water versus piped water? Yeah. So what's important is which one has got the lowest form of um, negative imprint on the on the environment and so borehole water in that way will also be need to be measured in terms of how much of that water are you using if you're using that water excessively then you're going to start having a negative imprint so it really starts about saying how are you using that natural resource it could be pipeline water or it could be borehole water it's all about the excessiveness of that borehole water that you're using speaking about excessive excessiveness i've got a message from my producer that we've uh, used excessive amount of time for this insert. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be right back after this.